0: Hello, listeners. How are you today? This is Jim the Keys bartender. Coming, to you from the Florida Keys? Yes, that part of the appendage coming off the United States. If uh, I'm not going to go, you know what? I was going to be gratuitously disgusting by suggesting that um, Florida was the the Keys were. Coming off Florida, if Florida was a certain part of the body, then that means the keys would be kind of a shape of an emission from that part of the body. But I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to do it on this show, even though we're going to be talking about uh, relationships down here and everywhere, really. We, we sp- I spoke about a couple times that when you're in a small town it's really difficult to come in contact with new people and you know with the internet you're coming in contact with people and you could do remote relationships and things like that dates online but you know with the physicality of it I don't know necessarily if that works all the time unless you're present but who am I to judge? Some people may have perfectly great good relationships and never really be in physical contact with each other, but that's not about this. I'm thinking about just the nature of the feeling of affection or love. because everyone feels something and they call it, we, we put it a big definition as love out there when someone is committed to someone. But not all love the same. Even the Greeks, you know, they had filial and romantic eros and uh, amicable kind of friendly, uh, love between friends, love between brothers, love between lovers. And I'm sure there's tons of different, there's love of people's, expertise or skill and things like that where you love someone's characteristics. I don't know. But we know they're different because of the way people express it, maybe. Maybe it's all the same, but people don't experience it the same way. Because some people may consider a desire for possession. Possession of someone to be loved right to just have them as their part and not share them so they don't have to be alone i don't know if that's love i i mean not the kind of love i would think it is romantic love for me as a definition it would be being empathetic and caring about that person wanting to be with that person, wanting to share with that person, feeling committed to that person for the long long haul. There being a a, a, a passion, physical passion, uh, maybe even a higher one, where it's not just physical, but just where the, true feeling behind it without the physical. So, who knows? I mean, it's it's, I'm sure it's different for everyone what that experience, something they call love. And in the end, is it really the only one? When I say the only one, people say, well, you only get one shot. No, it's not true. We all know that's not true eventually because people that Get married multiple times, and I'm assuming they thought they were in love at least one time. It's kind of ridiculous to get married without even believing, you know, even if you have a false belief in love. I mean, for them, it's more ephemeral and things change, and they go, Well, I'm not in love anymore. You know, after five or six times of being married, you're a really hopeful person. You really are getting married it's funny when someone's been married multiple times and they tell me he says you should get married and i'm like why the person that's married for 70 years telling me that i understand that to commit commit and stay right don't stick who wants to stick and that's what i really wanted to talk about why is it we can feel these strong attachments to a person, feel a strong emotional, physical thing to someone, and then start feeling it for someone else or losing it for that person and lo- just losing it for the person and not maybe just falling out. Is it because you don't know them? You know them too much? You fell in love with someone that you weren't... They're not there anymore. That person isn't the person they thought they were. You met them and they changed and they got maybe more selfish. More petty. Things like that. I don't know if that happens too often. I think a lot of it has to do with just getting to know somebody. Because you don't fall in love with someone thinking about their toe fungus. But toe fungus could help you fall out of love with somebody. I'll, t- I'll talk to guys first. I mean, physically, someone you look at someone you're attracted to, a girl or woman, and you're tr- physically attracted to them. And then you talk to them, and you feel... You know sometimes you got to be careful like that because if you're physically attracted, you may be starting I remember being uh, meeting some girls and they were beautiful, and I thought in my head, I convinced myself that they were intelligent too. Not that beautiful girls aren't intelligent, but one or two of the ones I met weren't that intelligent. And some of them I thought, you know they' were they're actually a bit a bit crazy. But it's, you, you hear that thing, love is blind, meaning you fall in love with those aspects of the person that you first come in contact with, which is, which is the facile things, the easy things, when I say facile, like looks, the mannerisms of the person, their speech, their stories, the way they dress. That's the thing you may at first become, let's call it uh, an attraction instead of an infatuation. Some people go right to an infatuation. I can look at a woman and say, my God, this woman is stunning, gorgeous. But I also can look and say, well, I don't really know who they are or what they're like. And sometimes when they see that they're really conscious of that, it kind of doesn't make them less beautiful. They can realize they're beautiful, but it doesn't—it doesn't, it doesn't ha- add to that idea of their beauty. It, I'm not a sour grapes guy. You know, every trash can has its lid. Just because someone's not—I was never one of those people that if someone wasn't attracted to me, that I would say, "Well, they're." You know they're not very attractive. I'm just saying. I obviously I wasn't the type for them. But I started realizing early on that you could become the, someone's type or be someone's type, and we kind of pretend to do that sometimes when we go out. We don't do those things. We don't burp. We don't fart. We don't go. You know, a lot of times people won't go to bathroom in the in the apartment of their potential. Romantic goal, whatever they whatever their romantic aspiration. Whoever they want to be, they may never shit unless they're home until they're in a relationship. There's just weird things they won't do. I I remember a girl would never see, allow me to see her in her in uh, without makeup, without her hair being done. That's that's. The way people are, they just want to be presented. There was I once dated a woman who was older than me. She was a fitness instructor. She was a beautiful woman, but the, a friend of hers was dating a guy. And I mentioned this in the previous show because when they got up, got up to use the restroom and stuff like that, she started talking. I wasn't there, and she said, "He doesn't know that I know that he wears a toupee." And he still not And they've been together for like three months. And the guy didn't tell the woman that he's bald and he wears a toupee. And they're sharing that with me. And I'm like, and then he comes back. And I'm immediately staring at his toupee. And I'm thinking in my head, I go, wow. Um, what, I, what just happened here? Right? Obviously, she should just say to the guy, maybe... Listen, I realize there's something going on with your hair. You can just tell me, and I don't have a problem with it, right? So, do you, we do these things when we're in a relationship, but when when we're falling in love, we fall in love with those things that are most attractive to us. A lot of times, people don't they don't fall in love with things that aren't attractive to them, right? There was a beautiful girl up in Philadelphia. That had, I don't, I never knew if she lost part of her arm in an accident or it was was a congenital occurrence, but part of her arm was missing. I used to enjoy her incredibly, but it was always like in the back of my mind. I never thought about asking. So I don't, I think probably not asking was a barrier to our relationship. She ended up getting married and stuff like that. She's, I mean, she was a wonderful girl. And when you, Remember those times you just, and this is for people that are in multiple relationships, when, you, when that relationship breaks off, you think you're never going to be in a relationship again. You're certain of it. You're never going to feel that way again. We're never going to feel that particular way again. But it's always feeling like an, a loss. But after a while, you go and say, well, there's going to be another one. Never going to be another one like that. There shouldn't be. Because you don't want to repeat your relationships necessarily. Necessarily, it's all differently. It's just, just like, you know, raindrops and snowflakes. Everything, everyone's different, and it's the beauty of it, right? Relationships different and stuff like that. It's just some are volatile, some aren't. Some are this way, and then when they end, there's always a feeling of a loss. As long as you're not separated because of distress or you know, physical altercation or mental abuse or verbal abuse and things like that. Mental and verbal abuse are pretty much the same thing, unless you're doing it just with your mind, I guess. But for the relationships that are going on, why do they change? Because you always hear in the beginning of a relationship, the passion in the beginning of a relationship, you always hear, that dies, that dies after a couple years, the passion. Right, And it's replaced by something else. But what if it's all together? Maybe when you have passion and friendship and loyalty. Maybe it's all together. And then maybe it's more like bars going up and down, up and down and flowing. Like it's never, the passion is never stronger than it is in the beginning. And everything else is... Because you don't have that thing for friendship when you're long term friendship, when you know somebody, there's a certain intimacy in knowing somebody. There's a beauty in it. It's as beauty as not knowing somebody. And when you're not, maybe we should keep in a reserve the passion that we pour on in the beginning, right? Keep that passion in reserve and say, wait a second, I'm going to save that passion for when I know when I really get to know them and really get to love that part of them so it doesn't drop that much I know you can't do that can you you can't reserve passion but things change and you know what when I change I feel like when I change I feel differently to when I feel good about myself I feel good towards Abby and I I do this about when I take care of myself I take care of myself for myself and for her to make myself more attractive or destabilize that long slide to gerontology, seniorhood. It's a long, slow slide. But I'm going with her, and luckily I'm trying to keep it somewhat close so I don't make a big dip away. I see this with couples sometimes. And they love each other still. But I see when a guy, uh, a guy comes walk in with a walker and you see the woman and she's got a lot more vitality. And you think, of, wow. You know, this woman, I wonder if she decided to sign up for this. The, you know, the Second Wives Club. When the wife's like 20 years younger, 25 younger. you got a lot of that down here. We see it. Especially with the wealthier guys. And sometimes you see the first wives taking care of themselves really well. You know? There's no, no, nothing better than for some people, and this is the way some people are, to come and see that someone's not doing well without them. I don't necessarily like that. I like to see everyone, I'm not saying I'm a better person, I realize that. I'm not saying I realize I'm a better person. I'm not saying I realize that I'm I'm not. I'm just saying I don't like the feeling that someone isn't doing well without me. I want to have uh, good intentions for all my former relationships. Even the ones that didn't end well. Right? I want them to be happy. There's no reason why they shouldn't be happy and well-adjusted and happy with their decisions. If you ever cared about anybody, why would you want to wish them ill? If you wish them ill, you never really cared for them, right? So when you're caring for somebody now, and you think, "Wow, my feelings are dipping for that," and you go to the, you go someplace and you see, and you could be attracted. You can look at, physically look at someone and be attracted to someone. I think a lot of time it's lying when you say you're not attracted. Now, are you romantically attracted to that person? No. You're physically attracted. Romantically attracted means if you're going, you have to get, actively commit to doing that. Commit to flirtation. Commit to having an at- ulterior motive. Um, that's There was a character in the movie Throw Mama from the Train, and Billy Crystal was doing an extension course for uh, adults continuing education looked like, but it was one of his students was this guy he always wore an ascot, balding guy, around my age. You know, kind of he looked kind of uptight, but he wore an ascot. And he and Billy Crystal says for write a manuscript or do something, and he wrote a book, and he just listed the name of women he wanted to sleep with. I don't know if he wanted to sleep with or said I want to have sex with. And he just wrote it down and he was reading it. And I actually thought that actually yeah, you know, out of all the people that were writing the books, like Danny DeVito wrote a book uh, was trying to well he really wasn't writing a story, but he was he was coming up with a plan to get rid of his mother and he saw, you know, Billy Crystal suggested uh, a stranger on a train scenario. But there was a lady that wrote one about a U-boat and she didn't know anything about U-boats and all that stuff. But the guy that wrote about women that he wanted to sleep with and have sex with, I thought that was the truest one. And I actually said, wow. I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily buy a book like that, just listing women, have a bunch of names. But at one point... Billy Crystal's girlfriend shows up, and I think it's during lunch, and the guy walks up to the table, and he has his diary, and, you know, they yeah, Billy Crystal introduces him and stuff like that, and finally the guy goes and says, what is your name? And he starts writing it down in the book, and I thought it was funny. I'm saying he's complimenting you, uh, the, his teacher by saying he wants to sleep with his wife. I thought that was charming. And basically just, you know, for a person in a relationship, not a big deal, right? And there's open ones and all that stuff. But I mean, I'm just saying traditionally in our type of way, we define a relationship in the traditional way it's one person, one other person. And we can argue the merits of that. Whether poly, uh, polyamorous relationships are viable and things like that. And there's always an asymmetric relationship with those things right the three the three way relationship because is anybody equally like is the woman equally passionate about the guy and the woman and you know let's say a married couple husband and wife and they got to bring a young girl in and uh, she's beautiful and the young guy's attracted to her heterosexually and the woman's attracted to her bisexually And is it exactly the same magnitude? Because even in two people involved, is it always the same magnitude? Does someone love someone a little more? I mean, it'd be really hard. You know, it's always that thing where we see the horrible instances of it, like when a person hooks up with someone else and they decide to try to kill their family. Well, obviously they're They, didn't love, they, they saying they love the new person better than they like their family. And that's horrible. I wouldn't, I mean, why would you want to get involved with someone like that? Was that Peterson? There was one of the police sergeant. There was two Petersons. One was a, uh, a police officer whose two wives disappeared. One was murdered and the other disappeared and they never found her, I guess, stuff like that. And... <laughs> It could have happened three times. I don't know. It's just one of these things you go like this. Why the fuck would you get involved with someone like that? And there's a couple people I know uh, that have met who've had their spouses pass away in less than cut and dry situations, right? Multiple spouses, leaving them widowed and, you know, not having to worry about being a divorcee. When you say worry about it, don't have to worry about any alimony and shit like that or division of property. So, wh- what? why would that change? You committed, had a family, and then decided you fall in love with someone else. And how would you know that fall in love would change anything? And people say, oh, well, uh, like the classic Love Actually thing where the guy falls in love with Kira Knightley and Andrew Lincoln, right? And she ends up marrying Andrew Lincoln's friend, and he's just infatuated with her, fall in love with her, just can't let go. I mean, is there one person? No. But so I mean, if there's not one person, why can't we just be in love with that person we chose to love? Right? If if that's the deal. If that's the deal, we're going to do it. And you said you're committed to it. And people change over the years. I realize that. Sometimes they get pessimistic. Sometimes they physically change, and you got to adapt to the physical change. It's not always the best thing, right? Sometimes, you know, for guys, they they get uh, the midsection gets puffy. They have a problem with, you know. Whatever. Problem with the erection. Problem with the cardio, so they can't really maintain physical physicality in relationship. Right? And also the muscles aren't as firm. Their hair starts falling out, sometimes turns gray. They don't have the you know, some of the guys are in awesome shape, don't have the six pack abs and stuff like that. And you, sometimes it's funny down here you see the people that are in you know, getting up there in their late 60s and 70s. And you think, wow, the guy has a really good body and stuff like that. But he walks like maybe a, a huge crane fell on his back. Like he broke his back. The guy's tilted at 5 degrees or t- 10 degrees. Four. But I still think he's getting the hormone injections or whatever they do. They get the, the human growth hormone to keep the body going. I do just nugenic stuff. You know, to increase the testosterone level. So I try to maintain my muscle mass. I do that for that, But there's no, I can't get, I can't get to the body that I had when I was in my 40s. I had a flat stomach. Nothing on the sides. I, I did today I did about 180 sit-ups. Before, yesterday I did like 120 and the day before I did Maybe 220, 240. Right? During my workout. And you know what? I didn't do... I may have done 40 when I had a flat. The watch board. Thing. It's just way the body is. Right? And I'm appreciative that it's difficult for women too. Why would I expect Abby to have a body... And she has an incredible body. I guess she probably would kill me for saying this stuff. But she really takes care of herself. She looks beautiful. And there's a lot of girls in their 20s, I think, that would wish to have a body like hers. Right? And there will be a lot, lot of them lucky to have it, you know, the ones that are in excellent shape now when they get older. I see a lot of beautiful young women. But I don't necessarily know them. And why would, you, why would you want to engage? And like I said before, when you you got to get off the thing that someone doesn't know you and they're saying they care about you and things like that. They don't know you like the person has been with you. But then there's a lot of shit you go together, right? They see a lot of shit. If you've been together, they've seen you at your worst and they've seen you at your best. And, they st- and in most cases, they still love you. Are you willing to do that with someone else? And shouldn't that being able to, having seen you at your worst, shouldn't that give you credit for something? Do you deserve some passion and love that you would just cast on someone who is new? I see a lot of people that have been married for years. And they really, you know, they just, I guess it's habit forming for them. That's the person they're with. I'm not going to be with anybody else. I didn't I didn't say that. I would I do realize that you can people can love again. But why change when you have a perfectly great relationship and it's there, it's built already. A lot of people leave it there. Some people leave it because of gross negligence of a partner. Understandable. Gross abuse of a partner. People change. You never know. Mentally they change. When I say mentally change, they could have said, you know, at one point they could have got fear of getting older. In order to get over fear of getting older, they got to be with someone younger. But Jesus Christ, don't they ever notice when you have someone younger around you that you're always experiencing that almost everyone that they're interacting with is younger than you? So one of those guys, there's a guy down here who is, but he married, he, he divorced somebody's, I know, I'm t- I don't want to give it away, but he divorced his wife of many years. And he's in his late 70s, early 80s, and he's married to someone who's 30. So about 50 years younger. And I think he had a baby with her kind of like a desire under the elms situation. It was a play. And I mean, I get I get it why he wants that. But really, what does it tell the person who's 30? Maybe that person who's 30 really doesn't get it. I think she was in her 20s when he first met her and he was in his late 70s. <laughs> so at that and there was a guy one of the guys I told you about that was um, I was talking about recently about having lost several spouses he 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 asked me if I would perform a wedding for him and I said, oh re- oh who who have you met?" And he goes, well, I haven't met. I've spoke to her online and he shows me a picture of this beautiful woman from another country and I said. She's about 45 years younger than you. And he goes, yes. What do you think? I think you're in a situation to be vulnerable. He goes, you don't think it's real? I said, did she say she loves you? And he goes, yes. She has never met you. He goes, well, she talked to me. And I said, she may. You know, it's a possibility because you love the financial security that you're going to provide and get her in and out of the country that she's in. Right? And people say, well, I'll be able to sleep with anybody in order to get out of this goddamn country, right? Well, in the end, once they get out of there, then they go, wait a second. Now I'm stuck here with this person. No one ever stops because they're willing to do something to do that. I'm willing to sacrifice my romantic goals in order to change where I live. I mean they you know a couple guys like that. They have girlfriends or in Cuba, Costa Rica. Who knows? Then yeah, they can maybe they do. But I, I think it's more of a reciprocal relationship. And the love may be the love. I love the idea that you can get me out of this fucking country. Speaking of another country, since we're getting at the end, I'd figure it's Talk about this. And I think it happens in all these different cultures and stuff like that. But in the U.S., to any of my foreign listeners, it's amazing how easily people trade in their old relationships. And traditionally it has been men trading in their wives who've done wonderful jobs. I mean, to raise your kids, taking care of you, I mean, I understand death is inevitable and stuff like that, but you're willing to throw it away on someone who's... Oh, is that Abby? Let me... I'm going to pause to see how important this is. I'll be right back. And we're back. So I was talking... That was Abby. I didn't realize it was her. Uh, I changed my phone, so I didn't have a picture of her coming up. But I um, made chili tonight. And it turns out her stomach was, she was, you know, the food was a little rich for her at the front, Even though she enjoyed it. They do use a lot of butter. And I learned that about something about her. And I know it's not a long time we've been together. It's not like 50 years. I'm 58. It took me a while. I mean, when I first got married to someone else, the one time I was married, I was engaged several times. I was 36 when I was engaged, 37, and, uh, 30, 2001, 2000, yeah, I was 36 when I got married, or 37. And it took me that long, and I was an active alcoholic then, so who knows, maybe, it took me a while to really learn, that there's people that are mostly, more mature than, obviously a 36 year old when they're in the 20s and you know traditionally because of uh, only a hundred something years ago you know once you were guys were married by the time they were 20 women were married in their late teens and I guess they just didn't expect a lot of different scenarios meaning the woman's responsibility was this, the guy's responsibility was this, blah, 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 blah. Under those limited things, nowadays is more of a partnership, right? Where if you're getting married to have a family, you may have discussed, you know, like you're going to stay home and raise the kids or we're going to share that going home or we're not going to have kids. Why the fuck are you going to marry if you're not having kids? I don't get that part. Why, why, you know, but, 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 I digress. Whatever the idea is, whatever the commitment is. And they stayed together for like, the divorce was like the last thing in the world. They used to say that. It used to be titles of movies. The Gay Divorcee, the Happy Divorce, uh, you know, the Happy, happy diver- Divorce Person. And I remember in our gang, it's, a, it's an old kids' show. It was a serial movie. I mean, they show it in movie theaters. It was created when there were no televisions, and we just show these half-hour TV show. TV show. Movie. Serials, they call them. And they show them every week at the at the movies. They have our gang, and stuff like that. So, because it wasn't on television until, obviously, television was invented, and then they took the movies and just made it into a TV show. But, it was such a big deal. You could see in the 1930s and 40s when you tell them, what's that your parents are getting divorced. What the hell's that? Um, when I was in, in the 70s, when my parents were getting divorced in the cabin, you didn't hear it. You didn't hear it that often. I mean, your sm- your world's much smaller when you're a kid. None of your kids, you know, it's a big deal. I went then when I went to high school, you heard it more and more. I remember one of my friends' parents were just, you know, they're waiting, the kids to get old enough then they're going to get divorced, and that was a Catholic thing. Like, Catholics didn't get divorced, and if you were Catholic and got divorced, you couldn't receive a communion. And now they're going like, well, geez, we can't keep them married anymore. You know? Well, he forced them to get them married when they're so early in order to say they can have sex, right? can't get married. There's no sex outside of marriage. At least they don't acknowledge it outside of marriage. And they're fucking surprised that people are getting divorced. First of all, you don't even know if you're sexually compatible with someone else. What if the person you're marrying really enjoys sex and the other person could take it or leave it? are they supposed to live live a life of loneliness and unfulfillment so you know that's one of the things that happened in the olden days i guess i mean some women there were there were women that were born and died and never had an orgasm never were, never was taught that it was all right to have an orgasm have you know that sex was a good thing, not a wifely duty right? And some guys are taught in, in school that you know, said so this is your duty is just to get pregnant not to get pleasure out of the act you know And then they started modifying after at least the Catholics started modifying their message saying after what do they call it, Something too Eucharistic, no, something too, ah, drawing a blank. But they had a big ecumenical council when John the 26th, I think it was, Vatican II, they called it, and where they tried to modernize the church, but they didn't quite get it because they still had the pedophilia and the no divorcing thing, you know, and the the celibate priesthood. They could have went all the way back in the nineteen sixties when they were changing. It says, Well, we're gonna do we're not gonna do Latin, we're gonna do it in your native tongue, we're gonna do the, the mass in your native tongue, you're gonna um uh this, that, and you can enjoy sex during marriage. That's it. Still not allowed to get a divorce. Unless you're friends with the bishop. Because you know, like wealthy wealthy Catholics always could get, they call it an annulment. And the annulment to a wedding says because of the extraordinary circumstances, the church recognizes that the wedding really never took place, and it could be, and they established later for all different reasons. And one was alcoholism. You could say the person was under influence when they were when they were getting married, or they were abusive when they were married, something like that. So there was all these standards for grounds for annulment. And you couldn't necessarily, not a regular poor Catholic couldn't get it, but a regular one could. Maybe if they, you know, I I mean, there's people that commit murder and they wouldn't let you get a divorce. But I'm talking about staying together. Just finding a reason to really care. Where... Where exactly do, are you gonna leave a relationship? Are you just gonna like take off like some of them are dead. Yeah, I can understand that. but other ones are perfectly fine where the other person wants to commit and do their thing, but they're out there ready to move on when their other person's willing to work on it. I've met people here and the person they're leaving or tried to leave, Was the one that was doing most of the heavy lifting in the relationship. Financially and relationship wise. And the other person took him back. Hey. There you go. That's love. And they should. And this guy should be committed to this woman. For her taking him back. So. I would suggest to people. I know it's doesn't it's not a sexy thing as a bartender is try to fix it. You know, if you can't find a new way to love somebody or find that passion again, yeah, move on. If that can't if you're ready to, don't don't necessarily just screw it on. You know, the person's fine with you screwing around, maybe stay. But you know, and try to make it work. You have nothing to lose. Well, this is Jim the Key's bartender. I'm going to be signing off. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care.